0: Hello, I hope that everyone is having an amazing start to the week, I hope it's beautiful and sunny where you're at, the ground conditions here are amazing and I think we're going to see a lot of acres go in the ground this week and then hopefully we could get a rain, you know, that's not too much to ask, so anyways, today's episode is once again just me, myself, and I in my truck with a few thoughts for you today. And not gonna lie, I'm a little bit self-conscious, uh, recording these episodes without a guest, um, but you know, there's a a few topics that I feel like I'm experienced enough at that I can provide you with a little bit of value. So, today I want to talk about getting started in Precision Egg, but really just getting started in something new in general. There's a really good theme idea uh, that is not a new concept but something that has kind of resonated with me which is the idea that perfectionism is lazy and basically what that means is that you know it's easier for us to wait until we feel like we have all of our ducks in a row to start something it's actually harder for us to know that something is not going to be 100 percent perfect but go and take action anyway, but the faster that we take action at something, the faster that we start to learn. And so, I kind of want to just get the wheels turning a little bit. And I do find that Precision Egg is one area of our industry where there's a lot of hesitation to get started, and I think that there's a number of reasons for this, so I wanted to go over a few of those, um, maybe debunk a few of them for you and then talk about some of my own experiences on our farm and hopefully you get a little bit of value out of it and you know this this podcast may not be for everyone i realize that there is some people that are already you know well into their journey of variable rate management on their own farms and i realize that there's other people that never want to go that route or they're simply in an area where there's not a lot of variability and i recognize that that is 100% okay but for the folks that have been thinking about getting started and not really sure where to start I want to walk through some of the common hesitations that I hear and probably the first one would be just the number of software platforms and data companies um, that are out there it can be a little bit overwhelming for a grower to decide which platform they want to use and I think the reason that they're often scared is because they don't want to get um kind of hooked into one program and then you know five years down the road that platform doesn't exist anymore and that's a very valid fear because we definitely are in um, a stage right now where some of these platforms are still kind of sorting themselves out not all of them are going to be around in 10 years and that's okay Um, everybody is progressing right now we're still kind of in that growth phase which is know very very exciting place to be because we know that there's um you know better platforms and um you know just better technology on the horizon but i wouldn't let that deter you data can always be moved um i think the most important thing when you're getting started is to pick a platform pick a company to work with where you know you're going to have good support and have people that you can actually call uh, that are going to answer the phone and help you through your problems in the springtime. I I truly believe that that is the most important thing that you can do when you're picking a platform to use and like I said don't be afraid if you end up having to change later on. I personally this spring um, changed the software platforms that I was working with so I had to use uh learn to use an entirely new program and yeah i mean there was about a month of growing pains there but now i'm I'm pretty good on the new program and really it was not all that big of a deal so don't let that deter you from getting started the next thing that i would uh, commonly hear is about the equipment that folks have um, or or don't have in terms of being able to actually go about uh variable rate seeding or variable rate um, fertilizing on their farms and so i definitely understand that not all equipment um you know has come with the ability to do variable rate applications i understand that not all retailers um, may have equipment that is variable rate capable may have say a single bin airflow for example rather than a dual bin but what i would say is i wouldn't get too hung up on that i would kind of phrase decide on what your goal is and if five years down the road you want to be doing variable rate phosphorus and potash applications on your farm i would just say to myself like okay what can I start doing now? If you have not been collecting good yield data, start collecting good yield data right now if you have the ability to. If you're only, you know, a couple years away from being able to do variable rate fertilizer, you know, if there's an equipment purchase on the horizon or something, well, maybe you actually start to go about building zones on your farm now and starting to do some zone sampling because what you might find is You may find that there's a heck of a lot of um, differences across your farms and that you may be able to justify that equipment purchase sooner but you may also find that there is not it's actually surprising sometimes fields that you think that there would be a lot of uh, difference in your fertility levels across the farm sometimes it's shocking how similar it is and you may find out that hey, you know, I actually don't need my retailer to have a dual bin airflow before I get started into this process. Or look at other ways you can go about doing it. Um, You know, say you do have variable P and K across your farm, um, but you're getting kind of hung up on the fact that you can't go run that script for two products at once. Well, there are definitely you know areas in the province where folks have been doing this for a long time and they started with a single bin uh, fertilizer applicator and um, you know whether they make two trips across the field or whether they change up their program so that you have say in uh, the year after your wheat comes off you're doing your variable rate potash scripts um, in your bean year you're doing your variable rate map script and then in your corn year it's just your nitrogen and sulfur going on so there's ways to work around it, but I would say set what your goal is and just see if there's any steps that you can start taking towards it now because, like I said, you may learn that, yeah, it is a path that you want to continue on, but you may learn that, hey, maybe there's not actually enough variability to make this worthwhile. So those are uh, definitely a, a couple of things that I hear from growers and so I just kind of wanted to walk through those a little bit. I think the other thing that people get hung up on is um, trying to make sure that their zones and their prescriptions are perfect right off the bat and absolutely like that is something to strive for. I think that's what we're all striving for. I think most of us want to do the best job that we can And so sometimes it's hard to say to yourself, well, okay, this isn't gonna be perfect right off the bat. Uh, So I wanna share just um, my experience this spring. So we have in the past um, always run two combines on our farm and only one has yield monitoring capabilities. So last year was the first year that we had two combines that actually were collecting yield data. So I finally got some beautiful yield maps last year was a pretty typical year i would say i would say that the yields trended similarly across the farm to what we would expect from those farms um you know that doesn't always happen sometimes you get odd years or you get an insect infestation and you have to discard that year's worth of yield data but i would say last year was pretty good for us and in an ideal world i would like to have say three or four years worth of good corn and soybean yield maps to build some zones off of. I just personally, like my experience, I've found that that gives me more confidence in the zones that I can build by having a few years worth of those crops. Uh, wheat, I just have found doesn't seem to trend as similarly. But like I said, that's just my experiences. And there's all kinds of other ways to build zones other than just off of yield. So if you don't have yield, don't let that deter you. Um, there's SWAT maps out there. Uh, there's folks that can build good zones off of bare ground imagery and topography and NDVI maps. But yield data was just the route that I personally had chosen to go. So anyways, so I only had one year's worth of data, like I said. It's not ideal, but looking at the data, I kind of figured, you know, I know these farms well enough. I think I can do an okay job building these zones, but I knew that I'm gonna have to go back and change these zones eventually. As we start to collect more yield data, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna have to tweak them. So I knew that right off the bat, these aren't gonna be absolutely 100%, and I'm okay with that. And so I made my zones, uh, so I made my prescriptions Uh, for variable rate soybean seeding and I just made them pretty basic most farms have uh, Three rates some only have two like some have what I would call like our average rate That's what I would have normally applied to the whole field and then a higher rate just for the knolls and Then other fields I have a high medium and low. We have a lot of topography where I am so I'm putting that lower rate in some of those lower higher organic matter areas I have my average rate for some of that middle ground and my side slopes and then I have my higher seeding rate going up on the knolls and it was pretty cool this past weekend. I actually got to plant beans for the first time. Man, almost 28 years old planted my first field of beans. <laughs> Not a big deal for most people but I was feeling pretty cool, let me tell you. So anyways, it was, it was neat though because I was running a script that I had built so it was good because I was seeing where it was changing and kind of made some mental notes about how I would want to tweak that in the past, or sorry, in the future. And that's just definitely what I would recommend to anybody. Um, you know, don't get too hung up if you're going across the field and you're just like, gosh dang, it, this thing should have changed already. Uh, make yourself a note and you can fix that later. But know that what you're doing now is probably still better than what you were doing before. And the other piece to remember, and I think sometimes we forget this, Um, I had a good conversation about this last week with Greg Boone and Jonathan Zettler, just the fact that we've kind of gone from managing a lot of our farms similarly. So, you know, assigning one seeding rate to say five or 10 different soybean fields to now all of a sudden we're trying to manage the rate within a field and we almost missed that step of managing each field individually. And I shouldn't blanket this to everyone because I'm sure that there are definitely are folks that have been doing this, but I think by and large we've been managing all the farms in an operation pretty similarly unless there were hugely dramatic differences. And now all of a sudden we're going to managing different zones within a farm, so there's a bit of a, almost a bit of a lag in our agronomic knowledge on that field. And um, it's cool because there's a lot of work being done right now. I've seen a lot of seed companies on Twitter that are doing, you know, their own versions of some variable rate prescriptions on farms uh, and trying to get a better understanding how the different seed varieties and hybrids are going to perform across different types of zones. So we're in a really exciting time where we're going to be learning a lot more about how we can better manage uh, these different zones that we have on our farm. But, you know, don't don't feel badly if, uh, if you're still learning because I think that we all are. I think it's still fairly new. So I threw in a few truck blocks just with some higher and lower seeding rates across the farm. Uh, what I did was uh, just pretty basic. You know, it's, it's definitely not as good as what some folks like, like Veritas are doing with their Verablocks. I just did something pretty simple for my own use. Um, but I'm excited to learn from that this year so like I said that's that's kind of my experience Um, it's not gonna be perfect but don't get too hung up on it being perfect right off the bat and don't beat yourself up just know that you know you're taking this step this year and you're gonna learn something that you're going to be able to apply next year and that's gonna put you that much farther ahead next year I think an egg You know, the thing with our industry is that with it being uh, seasonal like it is, we only get really one opportunity to learn every year because we only get one one crop per year. So I think it's very important, you know, not to wait five years until you feel absolutely ready. Start doing what you can now and you're going to be that much farther ahead five years down the road. And I want to share a really cool story. it's a bit philosophical, but I read this maybe a year ago, and it has kind of stuck with me. Uh, it's in a book I read by uh, John Maxwell, and um, basically the story goes like this. So there is a uh, an art class, and the teachers split the group of students into two groups, and the first group, their task was, uh, they were taking pottery at the time, so their task was to create the most beautiful, perfect, high-quality pottery bowl that they could and the second group their task was to create the most amount of bowls that they could uh, throughout the duration of the assignment so the assignment I think lasted about a week and the first group went to work and they were reading books they were reading about pottery they were theorizing how they could possibly make this super high quality bowl and the second group just went to work making bowls and they started out and they were ugly and they were messy um, but by the end of the week they had actually kind of mastered this craft and when they got graded it turned out that that group that had um, went to work um, producing the highest quantity of bowls actually had the higher quality of bowl because they had just um, like gone and made so many that through that repetition they had learned how to perfect their craft. So. I know it's a little hippy dippy but I think it's such a good message just to kind of put one foot in front of the other and just get rolling and uh, the more you do the better that you will get. So I hope that everyone has a fantastic week and I hope you have minimal breakdowns and a great rest of the planting season.